Choice Podcast. This podcast is focused on the fun, whether it be technology, movie reviews, pop culture, or anything else that catches our fancy. Each week, the host, Joey Police, discusses the topic of choice with different guests. They'll dive deep into their personal and professional views and takes on the subject of the podcast, and sometimes the state of the world. However, the host and the guests won't take any topic too seriously. What a great change to today's world of podcast. So if you're looking to have a little variety in your weekly listening routine, then hit the subscribe button and read us. And now, here is Joey Police. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Topic of Choice podcast. Got a little StarCraft coming in. This is the Terran music. Okay. I was trying to place what what point StarCraft is played. So if you play the campaign Mm -hmm. and you play as the Terran. each each one of the factions. Yeah, you're the Protoss or the Zerg. Mm -hmm. This is the Terran. and It's Protoss all the way, baby. Really? You're a Protoss? Yeah, I was. would never touch anybody else, given a choice. (laughs) The Protoss, you could always... The Dark Archons, that's where it's at. The Pylons are what the Protoss could win with every single time. Yeah. You put another Pylon, another Pylon, another Pylon. Yeah. You had to protect you just, them, but... That's right. Yeah. But you, then you warp in your your uh, your groups and... But even your most basic little fighter there could just tear up every other unit just so much. It's like five of the Terran <laughs> versus one of the little Protoss dudes or how, like 20 Zerg. Anyway, I'm derailing the start of this show. No, no, not at all. I love it. Um... Welcome to another episode of the Topic of Choice podcast, guys. I, I'm your host, Joey Police. Uh, tonight with me in the studio, we've got uh, Garrett Gapehart, we've got Matthew Snotty, and we've got Hunter Mitchell back in producing. Guys, how are you all? I'm wonderful. There we go. Doing great, Joey. Mic's on. Yeah, We're good to go. on. Sorry, big red button. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so, guys, if, for those of you tuning in, the Topic of Choice, this is a podcast. We focus on a lot of fun things, whether it's technology, movie reviews, pop culture, basically anything else that catches uh, our interest. That's what we talk about. So one of the topics that we've been wanting to talk about within this group, this community, um, are games that started the gaming era. And I think that's fair to say. Absolutely. I think that what we're going to talk about tonight started the term gaming. Well, it's also our formative years. It's like we were we were all much younger. We were all getting into this as a hobby. And these are the games that absolutely influence the same people as, you know, our generation who are now the game developers. Yep. Who are now the guys that are making the big franchise AAA games. These are the games they started with too. And and I would dare say for Joey and I who are both computer guys who 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 are as a profession, career professionals in the computer industry, gaming is the, what started it all for us. Got it, it's for, absolutely what got me into what I'm doing now. Yeah, made me want to start programming, made me want to start learning the internals of it. How does this happen? What does this do? All that kind of stuff. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, what was? Let's start with this question, and we'll. We'll. I know we're going to talk about all the different games, but let's start about what was the one game that impacted you that you remember? If if, if you said, okay, where did it all start? What was? Let's say where? Like, what's the first taste you had of video games where yeah. you knew that you were hooked yes okay well that's one on my list is it okay if i start one if you'd like <laughs> wolfenstein wolfenstein i so i played doom okay wolfenstein the original one 3d okay not a 3d yeah it's not the original one yeah yeah uh, okay um i uh it was so shareware it came I, on a floppy disk i played doom um and but i only played it a little bit at a buddy's house my parents wouldn't let me have it um, it had, you know, hellish little demon creatures and Same stuff. Here. Yeah. And so my dad saw it and he was like, man, I can get on board with a lot. I'm just not sure about that right now. You're nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like but, where we've come now, right? Wolfenstein was killing Nazis. Yeah. And my dad was all about me killing some Nazis. <laughs> Plus you could play Wolfenstein on a lower end computer than, than Doom. I didn't well. think about that, but that's also accurate. The game ran much better than Doom did on the yeah. same computer, yeah. um, and it was just, there was nothing else like that. Going around, finding your weapons, taking weapons off of dead people, yep. uh, and then trying to break out of this prison. Yep. I was hooked. It and, was That was it. And it was a 3D shooter. You were actually yeah. walking through yes. the building. You could see the walls. You had to walk through the doors and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome game. Matthew, how about you? Uh, I'm a little bit older. Actually, I'm probably the oldest one in the room. I'm about three months older than you, Joey. Happy birthday, by the way. Well, thank you. 45, right? 45. (laughs) I'm three months older than you. Happy birthday to you as well. Yeah. I realize that. So we both February birthdays and you were right there too. Yep. But, uh, my experience was the Atari 2600. 
Yes. Um, the, the, the legendary system that um, uh, everybody who was a child of the 70s like we were had. Uh, and it was, it was Space Invaders. And again, that's, that, that's one of my lists as well. Space Invaders and the Atari 2600 was the bomb. I, I remember for me it was uh, uh, Asteroids. Yeah, Asteroids on the 2600. <clears throat> it was on the 2600. Yep. And uh, my buddy, uh, go ahead. Which I was going to say was a port of the arcade game. There was an arcade version of Asteroids that came out before okay. the Atari 2600. But the Atari yeah. 2600. The one that was really actually in the bowling alleys, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. had little line drawings. It was, it's called a vector screen. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just black and white. But yeah, uh, but yeah, the Atari port of Asteroids was, was a game changer as well. Yeah, I agree. That was my first introduction to video games. Yep. And then from there, uh, I remember it was the Atari 2600. And it was a pitfall mm-hmm. right after yep. that. We got that as a game, or my, my neighbor got had that game. Yep. And we would just play that and play that for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. And I think that was my first introduction to video games. It was <clears throat> it was never to where where they obviously where they are now, but um, you know, there are documentaries out on how Atari rose mm-hmm. and how they fell. And actually, how they I think fell. They're I, actually I making a comeback say, now. Pitfall talk there was before the oversaturation of the market. Right. That's back when they were pitching it as though you can take the arcade to your home yep. and you had like a, a, a full library of yes. maybe 12 games yes. that you could <laughs> choose from. I mean, when we grew up, and, and Garrett, you know, speak up if, if this was you as well, but Matthew and I, I remember going to the arcade. Mm-hmm. And you had the guy who worked there that on his belt, he had the, 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 <laughs> money, changer. the, the money changer, the yeah. coin thing. He would click out, you know, give him the give dollars him the, and then he right. gives you, here you go. That's Here's right. your collection of coin. Um, you know, and one of the things, so Hunter, if you're back there, can you cue up the, uh, the music for Tron? And I wanted to play this because this was one of the first ones and you kick it in whenever you want. Um, Tron, I remember was, uh, it came out in the movies. And then when I saw it in the movies, I realized that it was, it was an actual arcade game. Yeah. And I and it had a big joystick. It had like these yes. futuristic uh, cabinet. Uh, there it is. And, uh, uh, yeah. It, and they try to make it look and act like the like the movie. And they had the they had the Tron cycle. The yeah. Light cycle. That motorcycle is is infamous now. As yeah. the, I mean, people are buying these things and trying to construct <clears throat> these things for real. Did you guys like the remake movie? Oh yeah. Of of Tron. It, the the, with, the the one that they did a couple of years ago. Yeah, with five Disney. Years ago, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I loved thought, it. I saw it. I'm not a fan, but that's just because I'm not a fan of the game. the The whole genre is just a little wild. But even as eye candy, though, I thought they did a good job. Oh, it was yeah. It was oh, beautiful. aesthetically beautiful. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Daft Punk did the soundtrack. Daft Punk did soundtrack. the whole soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Really that's right. Good. So let's move from the Atari. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the next big one that that impacted the entire world was the NES. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where I jump on board because right. the Atari is. I was. I mean, I'm born in '86. Okay. So in in every house I went to, there was an Atari sitting there. Uh-huh. Um, but the NES. I mean, by '89, I had a controller in my hand, uh, and and my brother was six years older than me, so he had the NES as the day it came out, and then I get he puts that controller in my hand, and there I go from NES. But yeah. I was a little behind you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the uh, 2600 came out, I think, in '78 or '79. And the NES came out, I think, in 84 or 85. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we could look up the exact dates on all that stuff. But yeah, the, the NES was just, a, it completely changed the game. I mean, because everybody was used it to... It was absolutely game changer. Yeah. You, if you were used to the Atari 2600, all of a sudden you had what you considered true arcade graphics at, at that point, and arcade sound. And, and, and of course, uh, it, the pack-in for the NES was the legendary Super Mario Brothers, uh, Duck Hunt. Um, and if you got the special one that had the uh, the disc where you'd pick up the robot and he would move the yes yes the, the, uh, the tray uh, uh, Rob Rob, Rob that robot. was it yep. that was it and there were exactly two games made for to, for use with Rob which was uh, Gyromite <laughs> and uh, Gyromite so, oh something else but yeah yeah uh, uh, that, and they marketed it at the time because the the twenty six hundred was so on the decline at that point. They didn't want to call it a video game system, so that's why it was called the Nintendo Entertainment System, the right. NES, right. because it, this was something that you put on the shelf with your uh, stereo equipment and, and next to your big, you know, TV, and it was something that all the entire family could could participate in. So, but yeah, the NES was was awesome. With the NES, I remember the one that we played, which is on my list, which was Super Mario, and Super Mario, you know, you couldn't save your game, <laughs> right? Yep. And, you know, you Turned start that. It's fresh, yeah. you, That's right. You start it, and th- there it is. And th- you would start this game, and if you didn't 
get however you wanted to go, however long, it was over. And I remember my brother and I, we would play for like an hour, two hours. You could do the whole underwater thing. Mm-hmm. Um, How many screens were ruined by pressing pause and just leaving it there for days? Right? And, and the burn-in. Burn in, yeah. The burn-in. <laughs> but I remember my mom My mom would, would yell for us, it's dinner, it's dinner. And we'd, we'd pause it. And then she'd say, don't pause it. Shut it off. Yeah. And you're like, no. Right. Yeah, because you wanted to leave the table as fast as possible. But you <laughs> could turn off the TV and leave the leave the game on. And, and they would never the know. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I never did that. Yeah. I don't know if I ever you did that. You were too good of a <laughs> child, Joey. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the NES uh, also popularized the pause button. If you remember. You could pause. You could not pause on a 2600. So, you know, as soon as you turned it on, you, That's played, right. you played the game and that was it. But, uh, yeah, that so, yeah, lots of screens got burned in because you could all of a sudden pause your games. Yeah, Legend of Zelda, I know we'll probably talk about that, was a huge pause because we would have to figure out and draw. We drew maps. Yep. We literally would get construction paper and draw mm-hmm. and tape them together yep. to remember what screen we were on and where this was. Well, and, yeah, and, so and the, uh, the uh, instruction manual came with a starter map for you for, for Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Not, and I was somebody who re- religiously read the, the instruction manuals, uh, but uh, it had a starter map and then it had lots of blank areas that you were, you were intended to eventually fill in as you did your journey and you figured stuff out. On I the didn't know it was a color as you go kind of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Actually. That was, I mean, by the time I was playing that game, there were, I mean, plenty yeah. of guides you could buy, I guess. And, right. uh, but not as many websites, but yeah. So but Garrett figured was, it out. Was legend of Zelda. Is it on your list? Um, I, I put only Ocarina of time. Okay. Um, I would say that all the Zelda games, particularly the early Zelda games were, um, I mean, were definitely impactful for me, but they they none of the Nintendo games were my favorites. Okay. So that's the issue is it had to be an like extremely good Nintendo game to make my top ten. Okay, Matthew, what about uh, yeah? Zelda's on my list. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, How many do you have on your list? Uh, I, well, <laughs> I shortened it to ten. At okay. Request of Joey. <laughs> but I've got so many favorites because of so, for so many different reasons. But I mean, does more than one Zelda game make your top ten? No. Okay. No. See, that's that. That was the struggle I had is because yeah. I don't want to oversample anything. Yeah. To say that it was too good because Mario, for instance, could make at least two or three positions on my mm-hmm. top ten. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but I can only put one Zelda game, and that's why I kind of fell back on Ocarina. Y- yeah, I chose just the just the the representative of the genre or of the series of the franchise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Ocarina. I'm I'm trying to. I don't know if I played that. Was that on Super Nintendo? N64. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because okay. I've got I've got the remake for my GameCube, mm-hmm. uh, and I know I played a version of it. I think on my uh, uh, Nintendo DS, they they did a version yeah. as well. But yeah, it's it's well known as being one of the best of, it the, is, of the entire series. It yeah. changed my mind completely about what games could be. Because I think that was, was it because of the campaign. I mean, it was only a campaign. There was just a it was just the single right. player experience. That was pretty much all you got. But I mean. That was the first game I remember. You could ride, you could own and ride a horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had it was open world sandbox, meaning you didn't have to go do you know mission A first. You could do, go do mission C first, right. and then go back to A or go to B, and you know it, it, all the little side missions. And I yeah. think that was the first Zelda that was also three D. Is, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. So also, yes, yeah, all, absolutely. All the previous ones were all the top down looking two D. Looks like a grid. Uh, but that one was actually uh, 3D, like the Mario 3D, uh, Mario 64. Yeah, you and you played music to do certain things at different parts to unlock certain things, which was very different than anything else I had done. It was I can't even. It'd be amazing just to see the list of uh, video game firsts that Ocarina of Time checks off. Yep. Yeah, it was a great game. So with that, <clears throat> with the NES though, and I think Mario. Correct me if I'm wrong, or what what your thoughts are. Mario, I think, was probably one of the first campaign games. Where you had a boss to beat, and there was a mission, and I'm not I'm not saying that there were others within that genre, but I think Mario was one of the first for me, where I thought, okay, there's a purpose to this. You're not there's just, a rhythm. There, that's right. You're yeah. not just blasting asteroids out. Or you're just not playing pong or yeah, right. You yeah, know, there's like, it's not a high score chase. <clears throat> it's a beat this section to get to, to this get to boss, the next one to, to finally to yeah. go to the next section. Right. Right. Yeah. Everything else prior to that, like your Galaxians, your Galagas, your Froggers, it was just pure high score. That was all you were going. That's for. all exactly, exactly. And so that that really for me was one of the first uh, things where I thought, you know what, this is fun, and and there's a. There's a reward for it at the end, so to speak. You get to say, I beat the game. Yep. Uh, and so my next one within that genre of NES games with with campaign of magnitude for me was Metroid. Yep. And Metroid was, was um, I remember playing this with my little brother. I mean, again, days, hours upon hours upon hours. And, and we would just, 
you know, you get to the next level and you think you're there, but you're not. And then do you remember the very end, you know, mother brain mm-hmm. at the very end? It, I don't know if you, if you ever played. No, Detroit. I did. And everything that it took to beat that. And I remember us screaming up and down, telling each other, <laughs> okay, calm down, yeah. calm down. You, you got it. You got it. And then when we finally beat it and won, it was, it was uh, almost like stranger <clears throat> things. You can picture yourself back then playing it. I think that's why stranger things is it's so nostalgic. nostalgic. It does. I can see myself in those clothes playing those yes. games at that time. Yeah. 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 And how did Cameron not know what D and D was? I don't know. <laughs> Moving on top. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. no, I Metroid was, <laughs> I remember playing Metroid and thinking, I can't play Mario again because this is so adult. This is so grown up. Yes. And, and if I can bring something up about Metroid, I think Metroid was the first one that was nonlinear where you would have to go back over to places you had been before yes. in the game. Once you I didn't think about that. New abilities. Okay, now I've got missiles. Okay. Now I can... There it is. And I can go back to this area that I couldn't get to certain things before. Now I can use the missile or I can use a certain type of jump that I have or, or certain other abilities. You'd have the boots. That you would gain throughout That's right. the game. And you would have to go back to previous places that you thought you had beaten or places that you didn't know uh, had little hidden things or, or other little paths to go through them. Now all of a sudden you had abilities to go. So it's a very nonlinear game. That's a great. No, you, you're exactly right. And I, I had forgotten a lot about that. In fact, there was one where in the very beginning you didn't have the power to like turn into the ball. Right. And then right at the very beginning screen, you could go left mm-hmm. and you would get a super, a superpower now that you had that one superpower. So you're, yep. you're spot on with that. That's right. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So what's another one on your list guys? Oh, here, I'll go. Um, so uh, do, do we want to bring up really quickly um, some of the game systems that were available? Sure. In, in our in our little time period, because... Um, there's a lot of game systems yeah, there's in that 10-year period of time. I'm just going to run down through them really quickly. Uh, in television, ColecoVision, Vectrex, Atari 5200, Atari 7800, Atari Lynx, Atari Jaguar, Sega Master System. Jaguar. Yep. Sega Master System which competed with the Nintendo, Sega Genesis, which competed with the SNES. I had the Sega Genesis. Uh, Sega Game Gear, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Saturn, TurboGrafx-16, Virtual Boy, Neo Geo, Nintendo Game Boy Color, <laughs> Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, and then the big ones were the Atari 2600. Uh, I had what's called an Atari XE, uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Game Boy, which I brought one, an original Game Boy yeah, with me original today. right there. Um, uh, PlayStation 1, uh, and of course, then we also have the the IBM PCs. Uh, if you were into PC gaming, but also Commodore, oh yeah, we'll talk about PC gaming. Commodore sixty four, yep, Vic twenty, TRS eighty. There are a whole lot of uh, computer systems. And we talk about the we talked I said a minute ago about the oversaturation. This that was it. It was there are only so many gamers, and they are all competing for you so hardcore. Yeah, and they have. I mean. It, at a certain point, I'm sure parents were just throwing up their hands saying, you tell me what you want, which one of these 20 you right. want, and I will go find it somewhere. Yeah, because again, these were $400, $500 game systems. Not yeah. much different than they are now, but but the, the the value of the dollar back then in the 80s and the was 90s. So, so much more. Was, yeah. and, and It's so, like paying $1,000. Right. So you would buy one system, and you hoped that you got the right system. <laughs> I remember going to get my N64, and my I, I had saved up a lot of—my dad helped cover some of the rest of it. But I remember when we got there, and I realized that the games were 40 or $50 each, yep. I had—my dad was going to spot me enough to get one game because yep. he said— I can't give you anymore. Right. Like I've already spotted you a lot. I mean, you're just going to have to keep saving. So I had one game for like three and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Do you remember? I want to say it was Mario. Okay. I want to say it was Mario 64. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Mario 64. We didn't have, we didn't. So we finally got our NES and I remember, I remember getting it. We had Mario. <clears throat> we had the raw, the Rob robot mm-hmm. and robot. we had the duck hunt. Yep. We got bored with the robot pretty quick. Yeah. Cause it was, <laughs> it's slow. It was horrible. <clears throat> but, um, after Mario, the one that we bought, we got it for Christmas because they were expensive. Oh my gosh, were um, they ever? Kung Fu. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you, you went. It was it almost was like a, the Bruce Lee movie where yeah. you go up to different levels of that. Yep. Which was another arcade port. There was a there was an arcade. version. There was an absolutely game. arcade version but, for that. But yeah, you were a little guy side scrolling and yep. you were kicking and punching uh, just endless legions yep. of guys coming yep. straight at you. I remember that one too. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this me, the music makes them a lot. It does. That's why I wanted to include these because I know so many people will listen, and as soon as you hear this, it's, you're, so it takes you back. Nostalgia takes you right it's back. So nostalgic. Yeah. You know, I don't mean to jump too far ahead, no, but go ahead. Uh, right around the same time, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, Turtles in Time. 
if you recall that one. That was the the that was ninety one on the SNES. Yep. Okay. Um, that was a the one of the Double Dragon was another one that came out that was co op, but it but you only had the two brothers to choose from. Right. Whereas with Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, you had yeah, all four, four of the turtles, yeah. and you and a buddy could co-op the whole game with your choice of turtle, yeah. and it was that was the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that was the best. <laughs> it was it was the first time I remember that feeling of it's number nine on my list. Just honestly, just because it was that you beat a stage, play a boss, beat a stage, play a boss, but you weren't alone doing this anymore. Yep. It was you, now with- you and a buddy. And Contra took the mantle after that and kind of oh did the same gosh. thing. Yeah. And now you had three or four games where, you know, that introduced to me the, the concept of couch co-op. Yeah. Is a buddy comes over after school, me and the buddy sit down, and for two hours until dinner is ready, yep. we are destroying whatever <laughs> this game is. Yep. <laughs> so was th- were these... Could we say that these may have been the introduction to multiplayer? Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, yeah. The, the desire to be around. It's, it's um, you know, my, my mom and stuff would be always, why don't you just go around outside and hang out and have a good time? Get to know this person. <laughs> oh, I am getting to know them. Oh, yeah. They're becoming we my brother from another mother right now. That's yeah, right. I mean, we're not just sitting there just playing the game. We are, this is our time of hanging out. And yeah. and honestly, I'm now 34 years old and I'm still doing it. Yep. This yep. is this is how me and my friends relate, you know? It's a way to connect. I, I tell my wife a lot where, where my son plays. Uh, plays whether it's uh, Fortnite or Call of Duty or whatever they're playing online I told my wife I said you got to understand he's not just playing a video game online he's online with 15 of his buddies yeah there's a social there's a socialization right there that's happening and you know we can have a whole other podcast on on (laughs) on that genre but anyway uh moving on to uh, Where do you go from SNES? Do you go, do you switch over to PC or do you or do you stay on track with the the, the Super Nintendo and I mean the N sixty four? The N sixty four. I think we should move to the N sixty four if it impacted you because it did me. It changes everything. It does change everything. Yeah, yeah, the, see, the, I was in college at the time and I completely <clears throat> skipped over both the SNES and the and the N sixty four. Oh I was, wow! I was into PC gaming at that point because of uh, being in college and and, yeah. and and all that kind of stuff, not having any money for a lot of things, and so I don't pick up again until the PlayStation One in 1995. Okay, but I certainly have have played a lot of SNES and N64 through uh, emulation through the uh, uh, virtual arcades and stuff yeah. like that. I see your uh, your mini console versions uh, here too. You've got, I mean, you've got the <laughs> N64 right there. Uh, the Super Nintendo and the original Nintendo. Yes, I'm, I'm I have. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's one on my N64 that I want to talk about. And I think I'm going to, if you want to talk about it, it's, I think the one we shared at, at Cameron's show, which was, um, James Bond, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. It is. And it that is, was the, the, you the, cannot describe the influence this game had. And I think that we got a lot of responses on Twitter. Probably we got, yeah. you know, let's say we had 20 responses. I would say nine of those were Goldeneye, really? uh, maybe more. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it was, it's hard to undersell the importance of this game. It was the first truly first-person shooter. It launched that genre. I'm trying to think, did it come before? Well, you had Wolfenstein well, first, yeah. which I don't... It, to I think, me, there's a difference. Okay. I don't know what the difference is, but... I mean, the, the the Wolfenstein is just about, you know, there's puzzles involved. You're trying to get your way out of this dungeon. You pick up whatever item is in front of you, and then you use that item. Right. This is more, um, you, you've got guns. You, you the, the type of gun depends on the type of mission. And, and you're, you know, you're, the goal is to defeat the enemies, not necessarily, you know, to defeat the level. But, right. Yeah. You know. I don't know. There's some, there's something didn't, more to the difference, and I can't really put my finger on. Didn't Goldeneye also introduce the the four player deathmatch? Oh, yes. definitely. Yes, it which did. I would. Yeah, you have to go there next. Which is, it introduced all night all nighters. It introduced <laughs> uh, networking. That's it, right. You know, you had. Um, <laughs> We we got to a point where we would have dual screens, dual really? monitor screens, yeah, and we'd make teams go out. You'd have to be on the other side of the oh, room. Wow. To where yeah. you couldn't see. Yeah. yeah. You can't see what they're doing or where they're going that was is a, the goal. A, that was at a time when you didn't have a flat panel TV. You could just pick up with one hand and turn it around. You had yeah, no, these heavy. are the big oh, CR, no. CRT monitors. You had to have splitters. pounds. You had to have splitters <laughs> to go to two different screens. A TV switch. Oh. Uh, yeah. And uh, and I, we would do it. And we'd absolutely put the little screen, like the, a little piece of cloth over one half of it. Wow. So you couldn't see what they were doing. Wow. Oh, we got real serious with this. Yeah, you did. Um, but, oh, man. And you had, who's the two? 
best, and they just and you basically we we, we would have whoever wins stays was the house rule. Okay, so we would have come all challengers, any two that think they can beat these two, and oh man, it was so good. It was so good. The Golden Gun RCP ninety. I mean, you could still. Oh I, yes, I think about you know the the cheaters that would get odd job or the cheaters that would get jaws because you had to aim up to hit jaws, you had to aim down to hit odd job, and that changed the mechanics of the game a little bit. <laughs> and uh, proximity mines, where to hide. It was. It became a very strategic thing about how do you defeat your enemy and introduced me to the concept of competitive gaming. You could kick open a bathroom door in some of these places, and there'd be like one of the Russian soldiers in there, whatever the soldier was. Uh And you could just, you know, you had a pistol with a silencer. Uh-huh. And you just toast him right there. It was it was he was all, well, I mean yeah he, he wasn't was on the toilet to- he was on but they didn't he was he, sitting down yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there wasn't anything obviously graphic but it was right. just I remember you could go you could go anywhere in that game and and you would shoot the wall and there would there uh, would be bullet a, chunks that's would fly right out that's right yeah and that was the interactive first time, environments right that was the first time I remember seeing that I so, don't remember yeah I don't remember that before in any other game do you do you have a, a year when Goldeneye yeah Goldeneye came out ninety seven yeah okay ninety seven. So um, that's those for for N sixty four for me. That's the only one that I had on my list. I have uh, well, I, I, this is one that made number two for my list, and it may be an I'm in a debate. Perfect Dark came out in two thousand. Okay, so it's not a nineties game, mm-hmm. but it's still on the N sixty four, and it was widely considered to be the oh sequel. My gosh, I remember this. It now. was the sequel to Goldeneye. Essentially. Yes. it was like a more advanced version of Goldeneye yeah. with new guns. Some of them they could see through walls, all kinds of stuff like that. But it still had the competitive multiplayer. But here's the thing: they added bots. They okay. added to where you could do four players, all four of your friends, versus different levels of bots. So you could have easy, medium, hard, or legit hard bots. And then you could put, you know, like half medium, half mm-hmm. hard, et cetera. So it was like me and my three best friends, instead of playing against each other in these in these 2v2 matches, now it became we can all be on the same team mm-hmm. with a unified goal of beating the computer. Cool. Yeah. And it, it was, th- I mean, I was a, a sophomore in high school when this one came out, and it was uh, it was a it was a game changer for us. <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures, and I remember this now. Yeah. <clears throat> this was a great game. It, yep. it, it was, I mean, it had so many weapons, and it was just such a unique concept. It was much more futuristic than and sci-fi than James Bond was. Um, but it basically was James Bond and the, 2.0. And the protagonist was a female. Yes. Yeah, so I know that that was a big uh, But it also had the same cadre of characters like yeah. you had in GoldenEye, where you could choose all these different characters from the Bond films. They had, you know, another 15 or 20 people you could choose from. Yep. Um, there's a, let me see, uh, other ones I have from N64 in that era, FIFA 98 mm-hmm. came out on the N64 and PlayStation, but I remember playing it on the N64. It was the first one that introduced yep. that, that, I mean, the, the model they're using for FIFA 20, 2020 is the exact same model. They had a 98. The graphics are just better. That's really the only difference. Um, I, I just think it was a big deal in terms of sports game innovations. Uh, Ocarina of Time yep, came out on, on this one, so that's the first sandbox game. You just have so many firsts, and this is back when Nintendo ruled the roost. Yeah, uh, and everybody else was, you know, Microsoft was an afterthought. They had, you know, they're still considering getting into the console world at this yep. point. PlayStation is just working on their console at this point. Um, WCW versus NWO World Tour, which was again the uh, the uh, a lot about co-op, a lot about couch co-op, and being just time to hang out with my friends, and we all got to know each other, and it was all about who's your partner. Go find a partner and match us up two v two. And uh, I think that's yeah, I think that's the last one in terms of N sixty four games I have. But okay. there's a lot of good ones I remember from that era. That's kind of my middle school, early yeah. high school era for me, but. Quick jump then from Sega or NES, Sega, N64. So let's jump now. Now the big boys come out. Right. So now we're so, let's get into the PC. Okay. And then do you want to talk PlayStation? Sure. Yeah. We can do both of them. Yeah. PlayStation <clears throat> came out in 95. Right. Uh, and ran strong until the 2000s. Uh, so it was directly competing with the Nintendo 64. Um, but also, yeah, that was the, the rise of the PC. So around that same time, around 90. 293394 ish is when Doom hits on the PC. Oh yes. man. And that's the game changer this, for This the was the life changing. This was where I thought I'm gonna be in yep. IT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well yeah, and, and Doom introduced um networking. Well, th- there was the networking aspect, but there was also the mods. You yeah, could make you your could own mod maps. It. That's right. You could modify it, you could, you know, uh 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 
set of death matches with your friends, uh, but you, which is where the networking comes in. You could play against somebody else on another PC. You could change the rules, which was yeah. a big thing. Which right. was, they, they, you know, the rules that were adopted for the competitive tournaments were actually a set of house rules mm -hmm. for one of the teams that brought it and they made their own tournament. And then the guys from Doom saw it and they were like, yeah, we like really this. Uh, we're <laughs> yeah. just going to take this idea and run with it. Yeah. And they ended up giving, I think, away a Lamborghini. Uh, yeah. the, the, the creator's Lamborghini, he oh, gave it away yeah, I can't remember for like the, the 99 guy. tournament or something like that. Yeah. But there's this documentary you can watch all about this and about how he, uh, the, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the, the team that won was hyper competitive. And they started making money off of this and going around playing tournaments. And the owner actually put up his own Lamborghini as the prize for the for one of the big tournaments. I think in '98 or '99. Yeah, I think uh, John John Carmack. I think was the developer yes Carmack. Yes, who who put up his own personal Lamborghini for that. Um, but yeah, he was he, he you know a huge genius in the computer programming industry. Id. So what is it? Id software. Yeah, Id software. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, so PlayStation was was my first. Uh, uh, getting back into consoles after being on PCs and going through college and all that kind of stuff. And so, right. and, and so the PlayStation really kind of uh, uh, changed me and I brought in some, some original PlayStation games uh, because uh, they released them originally in these giant long boxes. Right. And then they changed them because they were just CDs. But uh, I think that, no, PlayStation wasn't the first one on CDs. Uh, Sega Saturn was the first one on. CDs. Oh yes, Sega Saturn. Yeah, Streets but, of Rage. <laughs> <laughs> but be, but all of a sudden, you you were not limited to cartridges anymore. Cartridges had a limited amount of memory, and so they were right. very expensive. And they also you right. had to clean them. They got so yeah. they just you know oh, CDs me. have their own issues. Yeah, but right. <laughs> but in terms of I never I you get so tired of <sighs> blowing on the disc. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, the context of the of the cartridges. I mean, everybody knows the uh, Nintendo. You know, if you if you stick in the Nintendo cartridge and it doesn't work, you pull it back. Out, you blow on it, you stick it back in. Yep. Remember Game Genie when you had to push yeah. it into the machine, the end, yep. end of the thing, and then you had to put that into the machine. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so uh, PlayStation was the first, I think, real popular one that was on CD. So all of a sudden, you had tons and tons of storage. So you had uh, not only 3D graphics, you also had CD quality music going yes. along with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, PlayStation, uh, I, I mentioned this on Facebook to um, on my feed uh, earlier this afternoon that I was going to be coming out here to this podcast. And one of my friends told me the original PlayStation One. There's a specific serial number. It only was released in uh, 1995. It was the really, really the, the very first one. Has such high quality CD components inside of it yes. that it is currently considered one of the the definitive standards for playing CD audio on a hi-fi high definition system. Really? So p these guys who have these multi thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand dollar stereos, they will play their CDs on an original on PlayStation. Original PlayStation. One because the that's why they're so expensive to rebuy. I think today even. You can, well, I, well, I, I looked it up. You can find that model on eBay now for about thirty five dollars. <laughs> wow, you can get an original PlayStation because it's got these the the, the RCA outputs because um, the 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 uh, other yeah. generations of PlayStation <clears throat> didn't have those. Okay, but the original one had uh, RCAs on the on, on the box itself. Um, but anyway, so uh, in my top ten, number ten is Tekken Three on oh, the PlayStation, yes. which yeah. was a, a fighting game, and and I chose that as representative of all the fighting games, you know, because there was Mortal Kombat and there were other Tekkens and stuff like that. But Tekken Three was one of the. Best. And I remember Mortal Kombat being a breakthrough in the fighting games genre. I feel well, like that Mortal Kombat introduced me to it. But were Tekken One and Two were they not just so? I don't remember them at all. I remember Tekken Three, yeah. because. Because I because it was a monumental game. Well, I don't remember one and two. Well, Tekken three also had a simultaneous release in the arcades that had almost ex it was almost exactly what was on the PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably what influenced Tekken three above everything else. But yeah, it had just phenomenal graphics, phenomenal exact gameplay. I mean, all the controls were exactly what you wanted them to be. So yeah. I was the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie was the best. Well, there was one where they had the lion head. It wasn't that guy. That was oh yeah. Um, uh, the guy yeah. who spun on his legs. Remember, he got on his head and just, just yeah. spun. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. Everybody was so angry. <laughs> but if you're, but yeah, as far as fighting games go, uh, yeah, Tekken Three was was the absolute best for me. But I have one other PlayStation game, and it's actually number four on my list. And I think I may have brought it. Yep, I actually brought it with me. Ridge Racer Revolution. If you're into driving games, I never played this game. No, Ridge, me Ridge, neither. Again, Ridge Racer was a series of games. It's a franchise, and and I think that they did arcade ports as well of, of all the Ridge Racer games. It's pure fun. It's not like uh, uh, you know uh, uh, one of these where you can uh, infinitely tune your car and make you know the suspension and the engine all kinds. Of, it's just a pure fun game, but it's so not fast a Gran Turismo, but yeah, more of uh, a yeah, right. Like, fact, is it like a pole position? Um, it like pole position on steroids. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because um, it was super fast and it was super clean and it was just so tight and it was just one of the, the best racing games. It was such a fun racing game. 
I remember just as we're talking about this this time period, uh, there was a grocery store, and it wasn't even a grocery store. It was like a gas station slash, slash deli, you know, probably two miles from our house. And we went there one day, and there was this arcade back there uh, called Mortal Kombat. Oh man! <laughs> and I, we, it was just so out of the blue. For Get this, over here! Yes, yeah. for this thing. And I remember my brothers and I. We were on our bikes, and back then, when when you could, you know, you could ride your bike three or four miles away from home, and and uh-huh. parents aren't going to freak out. <clears throat> and uh, we went into this gas station. We started playing. Well, long story short, we emptied our our piggy banks out. Oh, for sure. And we were going there every day <laughs> to play. And I was Johnny Cage, or I was Scorpion, or Sub Zero. There's a little documentary about just the audio for that game. Yes, and about the guy the, that did it. Yeah, it's it's just so elaborate. The amount of uh, sounds that he made, the finish him, the the, the fatality, the fa- fatality. You oh. know, like I All mean, the- you, those sounds stick with me twenty years later. Yeah, verbatim, I can hear them in my head. You know, the owner of the uh, deli had a son, and this kid was probably in college. I don't know. He was he was in his his late teens, early twenties. And we were, you know, we were in, in uh, junior high. I think it was junior high. I don't, I don't know what year it was, maybe high school. But he was very good because he could play it all day long. Right. And he was Kano. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, man. And he would, we would, every time he was there, we would like wait for him to be done because no one ever, play. you don't want to play him because he would no. beat you every time. <laughs> all that to say is we played, we loved Mortal Kombat. So when the PlayStation came out, it came out with Mortal Kombat. Yep. And we it was almost exactly then you could train in the arcade. Yes. You could train to beat him at home. That's the reason I got the PlayStation and we saved up our money. We got Mortal Kombat. Yep. And that was my that was my PlayStation initiation, so to speak, yep. was that game. Mortal Kombat. I mean, <clears throat> it, it turned a lot of people on. I never stuck with fighting games as a favorite genre of mine. Yeah. But Mortal Kombat would always be one that I remember as a, a seminal game in in video game history. I know we're not going to talk about it. But have in you know Xbox and such where we're at now. Mm-hmm. But have you seen the new Mortal Kombat? No. Okay, you need to you need to YouTube it. It is, it is. I, I can't describe how graphic. Yeah. <laughs> so they took you know where they took the fatalities I, they got a lot back then, right? They got, they took a ton of pages out of Tekken's book with the <clears> side <throat> turn with yeah. the, the 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 you know it's no longer a lateral well, so kind what, of Super Mario Brothers platformer right. fighting. Well, yeah, the it's, original Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat was pure two D. You yeah, yeah, left yeah. or right or up or down, but but yeah, and one, Tekken had a three D world that you could move. Yeah, yeah, sideways laterally through. Mm-hmm. So, so they're doing that in, in Mortal Kombat. Well, now. what they're doing now is is let's say that you've got um, and they took the tag <clears throat> Tekken tag. After that, they also stole tag from them, as I understand it. You know, it got a little bit oh, okay. um, where you could you know bring in another character, or you could have a backup character for when the uh-huh. first one died. Right. Oh wow! Well, let's say for the fatality, right? Or even even su- like if you hit a five combo hit. All right, what they'll do is, for example, uh, let's say Johnny Cage hits Sub Zero. And it's a it's a sternum hit just right there in the solar plexus. Oh right? yeah, you see the bone. You actually dive in three D to where it's crack crack. That's crack. from Sniper Elite. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it's straight up from Sniper Elite. It's, it's, I saw this when they and they added. And I was like, you just stole that. They did hundred percent stole it. But I love it. I love the the adding on innovation from other developers. Yeah, but yeah, it is really cool. And then the uh, when you uppercut with Scorpion, yeah, you, you see, see the teeth the, shatter yeah. and the. the it's, oh, wow. it's, it's so graphic. It is so graphic. Um, my PlayStation games that I would add FIFA ninety eight of course i would go back to but one that we talked about earlier on cameron's show that i would bring up here metal gear solid metal gear solid was was a game changer for me it was i mean that sound hunter i don't know if you have time to pull it up on youtube but will you pull up the metal gear solid alert sound um (laughs) it is oh yeah it is a it is a sound that's distinct to me and will be for the rest of my life it means you got caught by a guard that's right and you and the whole point of the game is to sneak around you're a ninja get caught right and and it has a wonderful storyline revolver ocelot and psycho mantis where you actually psycho mantis you if you had your controller in the first port she could read your mind, and so she could do mimic exactly what you were going to do. So to beat her, what you had to do was take your controller physically out of the first port and put it in the second. I port. didn't know this, and you, no. and that's how you beat her because you could because then I she must couldn't have. read your mind, and you beat her actually relatively easily. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Alert! You were caught by guard. It's over. Um, and I mean, it was it was so good. Uh, I mean, uh, Snow Wolf. Uh, I mean. I, 
I can't even explain to you how much this game had an impact on me yeah. and on storytelling in a video game and how you can get immersed into this into this gray gray ninja was that his name gray ninja I think um, I mean I I felt for the characters and I wanted I wanted Snake to win yeah you know so much so that I played the game yep so and and, and I'm I'm saying this because I agree with you that that game is on my list it's top five uh, because I remember and and even hearing that. You know, brings back so many memories from that game, but it was a uh, it was another nail biting hours played, just beautiful campaign that that once you finally got it, you're almost sad that it's over. Yeah, and, and you had sneak attacks where you're behind a the box sneak and like. So you wonder did did did, did uh, uh, Black Ops Call of Duty? How much did they take? Oh, straight up from it was these. so ahead of its time. Yeah, no, no other game was doing that for another five or seven years. Right, I mean. I can't think of a game that was more ahead of its time than that one. I know we're running low on time here. Let's move quickly to the, some PCs. And this is, I, so the podcast is good. This is part one because okay. I know that we'll end up doing a part two for later at the some 2000, point. 2000, 2010, maybe. I think so. Maybe a part three. Man, I'm in. I can help you on 2000. I've been waiting for you to chime in there, Hunter. This, I well, was born in 96. <laughs> yeah, I was born in 96, so I wasn't even old enough. I was what four in two thousand. So. Yeah. So so part two and three, Hunter, you're definitely going to be in on that. But let's let's talk about the PC games. I'm going to start this one off. Uh, the one that impacted me that I've got is Mist, and we talked about mm-hmm. it on the radio show. Yeah. Mist for me was was one of those memorable ones that that will just hold a special place because of how much time and energy and effort. Uh, me and my friends put into that game. Tell that story again, because I found it interesting about how you played this. So we, when we finally we we bought the game at Walmart, and at the time it was like fifty five bucks. You had to save up. It for was this so one. expensive. It was so expensive for a PC game. I was a uh, sophomore in college, and we were living in the dorms. Todd Hall at EKU. It also came in a giant <clears throat> like book yes. kind of thing. Yes, and uh, I was running a two eighty six Pentium two uh, 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 three eighty six Pentium two Windows ninety five. Uh, with this with this system, why are you looking at me strange, Matthew? Two eighty six and Pentium are two. Different it was a three three eighty six. Three eighty six and Pentium are, are are two different things. Pentium's Pentium the was, processor. Pentium was the five eighty six. Then it was a five eighty six Pentium okay. two. Okay. Fair enough. Because I remember I had the Pentium two. Sorry, we're geek, no, geek speak here. <laughs> it was a Pentium two because yeah. I bought it that summer. Uh-huh. Brought it back to school. And anyway, CD ROM was a single speed CD ROM. Single speed. Yep. Yep. Uh, US USR Robotics fourteen four. Yep. Uh, modem. You know modem and yep. and okay. Yeah. So anyway. We loaded this up, and uh, it was during the winter time, and we played it. We just dedicated that weekend. You're in the dorm at UK, we were in right? The, uh, EKU. Okay. We were in the dorms, ninth floor at EKU, and Rich and I. I remember we just we sat down and we started at like four in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and fourteen hours later, I mean we we just about had this thing. And you said it. you survived on on microwave burritos. Yeah, patio burritos, <laughs> and uh, you know Mountain Dew, and you know <laughs> <Absolutely>. so <laughs> it was. But but you didn't. We didn't leave the room. Yeah. And we were getting notebooks out, and and, and we're jotting notes down, and and just like you would with Zelda, yeah. because but it on came a with totally different. It level. came with no instructions. Nobody knew how to beat it. There was no really like online section for game facts or anything yep. like that. Yep. So. What do you do? Well, you just sit down and puzzle the puzzles out. You start clicking on whatever you can see on the screen. Yep, right. And there's there's a sequel to to Mist called Riven. 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 Yeah, that was even bigger and better. Yes. That uh, you, you, it required a lot more horsepower out of your computer. Yep. But uh, yeah, it was a good game as well. And but, it was. But, oh, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, but that, I was going to say that brings me to a a game called uh, The Seventh Guest. Oh, I love The Seventh Guest. It was also a CD-ROM based, and it had yep. full motion with uh, uh, professional actors. The Eleventh Hour, Phantasmagoria, Noctropolis. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> all of the and so the Rama. Those were all the games that got me into those puzzle yep. seeking, yeah. uh, uh, uncovering types of games. Yeah, you're which just moving from one room to the next, just just trying to solve puzzles. For me, just puzzle games are really frustrating. But what I liked about Mist uh, and what made me play it was, I as I was telling Joey earlier, playing Mist was like looking out a window. It was for it was at the time the most beautiful game. I had ever seen by a mile. Right. And and it was just wow, we could we could be playing this instead of Goldeneye. Yeah. You know like right. yeah. I mean uh, all the photorealistic what? stuff that was in that. I mean cuz it was all CD-ROM. It was all CD-ROM. Do you remember you would hit something and you would wait and you'd hear it spin right. cuz it's got to read the data to and, to and, and show the video. Something. That's right. You knew you hit you hit a key point in the game. That's yeah. ma'am, man. Kids don't know why they got it good, right? No. 
Um, yeah, it was that was a good game. Uh, I don't. You want to keep going with PC games? Yeah, we've got a few more minutes. Okay, so uh, my next and my only biggest PC game that made my list is my number six, which was StarCraft. Oh. Uh, and I have brought yeah. in my original. That's the original just, right there. I just cleaned out a house. <laughs> uh, I just found it with. I will let you know the CD. There's key a CD key right here back. on the back. Yeah. Uh, and inside, I have. The original plus Brood War. The expansion War. Brood War. Wow. And, and uh, it was... And this is before Keys phoned home to validate that it's a good key. Right, right. You oh, know, so man. you could reuse that key a hundred times. Yeah, all, all your friends would, 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 would have a copy of your key. That's right. Oh, and then man. you could... Well, we won't talk about, you know, <laughs> the illegal felonies we did, committed. <laughs> um, yes, it was... It's a real-time strategy game, still considered to be, I think, the benchmark of real-time strategy. Completely World agree. Of, I mean, Warcraft was out before that. So you had games that were like this before it. But nothing to this level, and it was it was addictive. It was immediately competitive online. If you notice in the bottom right corner, it says "compete free over the internet," um, <laughs> and it. that was what we did. We immediately logged on, and you could play. Um, I mean, this was a multiplayer thing too. I, I believe you could have uh, more than. Oh yeah, you, you could have like up to eight or something, maybe at the beginning, uh, eight players at one time. So you could have teams of yes. two, teams of four. Uh, seven on one, even if you wanted to, I guess. Starcraft is my number one on the list. That hit. That's my number one because that was that was at a time I played that. Uh, uh, three or four of us lived in a in a house in an apartment together, and we would just you know you would start a game, you start a campaign or not a campaign, you start a game, and the four of us are just in our rooms, yeah, you know, and we would just play for hours, and it's just it was again it just it it was a time where it was just so much fun. Yeah. So that was number one for me on my list. Yeah. Matthew. Uh, number one PC game for me of all time, Quake Three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was Quake. You know, uh, Quake was the uh, Talk about competitive gaming successor for to Doom. So Doom was mostly it was 3D, but it was all 2D uh, monsters and 2D shapes. Um, uh, Quake was the first all 3D game. Quake Two came out. It was completely different, um, uh, similar story, but uh, uh, different mechanics. Quake Three Arena was the one that was a run and gun. Uh, first-person shooter where you got online with 20 other players, and, and, and it was intended for the Internet, but if you had a LAN, yeah. it was even better because that's when ping time started becoming a big thing. Latency. Latency. How fast, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, how fast is your Internet connection? Because if you got a fast Internet connection, you can actually do better at this game. What's your packet loss? But, <laughs> but I would have, I, I was renting a house here in Lexington, um, and we would have LAN parties where people would oh, bring, bring your computer over. Would bring your entire computer. Yeah. I mean, big. Oh, big, for big. sure. And they still do it. And yeah. that's what I was going to say. This game, Quake 3, is still being played yep. competitively, yeah. still to this day. Yep. That's amazing. Is it Quake 3 still being played? Yes. yes. Wow. The, uh, and, and they've re they've released, the, the latest one is called like Quake Champions, and it's, okay. all, it's yeah. a whole lot of the same mechanics and stuff like that, but you have to have a, a pretty high-end computer to play it. But Quake 3 Arena, uh, there was a campaign. It was all right. But uh, once you got on a network, and, and that, that was the first game that uh, uh, I had a buddy show me how to strafe. Yeah, how to show me how to rocket <laughs> jump, how to use a you know, yep, use a rocket, rocket to, to get, get propulsion. Yeah, and um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, how many hours wasted on Quake Three? Oh, I mean, just <laughs> just think about individual jumps you pr you practiced. Yeah, you know what I mean with a rocket or something. It was yeah. It, I didn't really get get into the competitive scene for that, but it launched the competitive scene for almost everything I played. Yeah. I mean, the guys that got into Halo, we'll talk about that in the next chapter of this. But the guys that got into Halo that were older than me would all say we came from Quake Three. Yeah. You know, we were just playing that. Yep. So, <laughs> all right, real quick before we sign off, guys, top three that you could say from <clears throat> from this genre. Just I can. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll do my top three of everything. OK, so uh, number three, Super Mario Brothers, original Nintendo NES. I think everybody agrees that that's one of the best things ever to, to come out. It was a pack in. So it came with Nintendo when you bought it. So everybody had a copy and everybody got really uh, good and got addicted to it. Number two, Space Invaders for the Atari 2600. Again, not the best game, but it, man, oh man, that's the game that, that got me hooked into, into video gaming, and my parents probably regret ever buying me a 2600 after I got Space <laughs> Invaders. Uh, number one is, and I'll, I'll turn this on really quickly, see if this comes on here. I know what it is. Oh. I'm going to say, Ted. I've got an original Game Boy here. This is not playing on the original Game Boy. I can hear it. There it is. The original Tetris, Tetris on the oh. Game Boy. Tetris on the Game Boy is my number one. 
because again, it's, it's a puzzle game. It doesn't require fast reflexes necessarily, but it requires an analytical mind. And my son, who is now 17 years old, is playing in the, the latest version of Tetris uh-huh. on the Switch. And he, I used to think I was the best thing ever at Tetris. He blows me away at Tetris now. Mm, yeah. He does things that I had never Those thought. kids just process oh. digital so much, so faster, much faster than we faster. ever did. Yeah. They're like Vulcans. Yeah, and I thought I was pretty good, like you. I've always thought I was pretty good, and I see some of these kids playing Fortnite, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't keep holy up with my son. cow, man! I used, to, I used to think the think the same thing, and I can't I can't sit and and do half a third of what he can yeah. do. Do you want me to jump? <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, my thought my top three um, would be FIFA 98 because yep. it just influenced everything. It's the beginning of sports games, as far as I'm concerned. Really good sports games. Um, Perfect Dark, which is uh, the the sequel to GoldenEye, it brought in the bots, it brought in it it advanced competitive gaming. But the beginning of it all, my number one, uh, is GoldenEye because it launched yeah. what what for me it launched first person shooters it is the foundation for all of those. And I played a lot of competitive gaming, went to a lot of tournaments. Later, uh, I played Halo Two competitively for money for a long time. Gold, I would never have done it if I had not gotten GoldenEye, and we had not had those, you know. 10-hour, 20-hour sessions, <laughs> like you were talking about, the whole weekend yeah. gone, spent <clears throat> yeah. playing Goldeneye against each other. Yep. Uh, my top three that I've got is uh, Zelda is coming in at number three. The original Zelda. The original yes. Zelda on NES. <clears throat> the next one I've got is Metroid, just because they were so impactful to me. And then we jump. We jump right to StarCraft, because those are the, those are the three that just, I think, that, that stick with me the most. Obviously, we all have so many. You know yeah. that we could talk about that that are that are uh, right. Pick a genre, pick a pick a system, and and yeah, we could go on for for right. hours just about the details of those Absolutely. individual genres. So we definitely will have a part two and a part three for this. But before we sign off, guys, I do want to uh, uh, mention uh, Matthew's company, Network Therapist. They specialize in uh, meeting the computing needs of your smaller, medium-sized business, computers, software, hardware, networks. Don't always have they don't always behave properly. They do have the expertise and the skill to get your technology investment on track. From security and compliance to servers and networks, Network Therapists, they are there to help. You can find them at network-therapist.com. Guys, be sure to uh, like the podcast. If you do, like it and subscribe. You can find us wherever we uh, or wherever you get your podcast from. Google, Andrew, or uh, Apple. Spotify. Spotify. CastBox. Whatever you use. I'm trying to get on iHeart. We are we'll on, work on it. We are on Castbox. My name is Joey Police. Thank you for listening to a Top Good Choice. Talk to you next week.